If you have your Bibles with you tonight, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Deuteronomy 23. Deuteronomy 23. Deuteronomy 23. Verse 12 says, Thou shalt have a place also without the camp, whither thou shalt go forth abroad, and thou shalt have a paddle upon thy weapon, and it shall be when thou shalt thou wilt ease thyself abroad, thou shalt dig therewith, and shalt turn back and cover that which cometh from thee. For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee, and to give up thine enemies before thee. Therefore shall thy camp be holy, that he see no unclean thing in thee, and turn away from thee. Father, for the next few moments here tonight, I ask you, Lord, to just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Give us, I pray, Lord, the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word, the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us. And, Lord, give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path, and we thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. Give him some praise, amen. You can be seated. Amen. Now, the title of the message tonight is How Close and How Real. Amen. How Close and How Real. Praise God. The Bible says in Psalms 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Praise God. The Lord is with his people. Praise God. Now, so many people really don't get a full understanding of just how close and how real God really is. He's not only here in spirit with his people, but he's here physically present with us. Amen. We just cannot see in that realm. We cannot see in the realm, in the dimension that he is in. But as we go through the word of God, we're going to see a little more closely at just how real and close that he is. The Lord declares in his word many, many times that he is with us. Amen. And the Scripture lets us know just how close that is. People think that when he says that I'm with you, that it's just spirit. We're going to look closer at the Bible tonight about the physical presence of God that's with us. It's just beyond our visual capabilities. But God can open the eyes of his people that we can see. You know, the Bible says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen. It's it's almost like this, see. You You don't see the wind most of the time unless there's something in the wind that reveals it to you. But nevertheless, you can feel it. You can't see what direction the wind's blowing just by the wind itself sometimes, but you can feel it. Therefore, you know it's there. Praise God. In our cards, our church cards, I put on the back of it many, many years ago. Come and feel the presence of God and have an experience that will change your life forever. There's a whole world of difference in feeling there is a God and feeling God. Amen. There's a world of difference in knowing there's a God and knowing God. Amen. Turn with me to 2 Kings 6, 13. 2 Kings 6, 13. 2 Kings 6, 13. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, He is in Dothan. Amen. This is when Syria was seeking where Elisha was. And the Syrians were going to attack. Amen. And they were trying to find out where the man of God was. 
Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, in other words, an army, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God, which was the servant of Elisha, was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? Here the servant of Elisha came out that morning, and he went out to just kind of see how everything looked outside, and he went out and saw that in the middle of the night, the Syrian army had encamped all around about them, and they were, they were surrounded on every side. All these horses and chariots and, and the army and all these men of war standing around about, ready to attack. Amen. And here's Elisha walks out, and they snuck up on him in the middle of the night. They didn't realize they were, they were surrounded on every side. The valleys below were just filled with soldiers, a host, the Bible said. And he came back in and told his, his master, Elisha, and he said, Master, how shall we do? Here's what Elisha had to say. And he answered, Fear not, as I would tell you tonight. Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Amen. Now look, here's a little servant <laughs> looking at Elisha, looking at himself looking at that big army down below, and he's thinking, man, you've lost your mind. What do you mean, they that be with us? Man, we're out here on our own. What are you talking about? We're by ourselves out here. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. Now look at this. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elisha. These were the angels of the Lord encamped round about Elisha. The mountains were full of chariots of fire and angels standing at the ready. Amen. But until God opened his eyes, he could not see them. But Elisha knew they were there. Amen. Because let me tell you something. When you're anointed and appointed of God, it don't matter how many devils come against you. Many there be increased. Amen. Many there be increased that, get, that come against me. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Amen. And there is nothing that shall by any means harm you. So the Lord opened his eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Amen. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. Elisha didn't even use the angels of the Lord. He just used godly wisdom to defeat that army, and he did. He scared them into surrender. Amen. Now, the Lord has a physical presence, and He is always there, no matter whether you can see Him or not. Our eyes are just not open into that realm or that dimension. David said it like this, Psalms 139, 7 through 16. Brother Quick, I mean, Brother uh, uh, Edward, read that for me. Brother Quick, give me 2 Timothy 2, 12 and 13. 7 through 16. Yep, come on. That's right. Hold on right there for just a minute. Listen carefully to that. <laughs> what more could a man pray for than that God would possess his reins? Praise God that God would possess His reins. Lord, take hold of my reins. Guide me with Your wisdom. Lead me and guide me. Take the wheel, Jesus. Take the wheel from my hands, God. Don't let me destroy myself. 
Lord, possess my reins. And he said, Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Amen. That means while he was yet in the womb, God had already chosen him for the job. I want you to understand something. You are not an accident. You are not an accident. God was long-suffering. Amen. To you, were. Brother Edwards, you tried to destroy your life just as I did, just as Brother Quick did, just as everybody in this place did, some more than others. But you had no idea that while you were still in your mother's womb, amen, praise God, listen, the Lord was pre- preparing you. He covered you in your mother's womb. And He knew without a doubt that on this day, this night, at this time, you would be sitting in that chair. Amen. None of this is taking God by storm. None of this is taking Him by surprise. You are of a grand design. You need to understand something. This ain't no accident. Amen. God's been bringing you and building you into this all this time. Praise God. He was long-suffering to you, Lord. Amen. While you were going through some very difficult times. But I can tell you right now, buddy, He was building you. He was schooling you. Amen. It takes one to reach one. Amen. And it takes people like me. It takes people like you. Amen. To reach out and grab somebody like you. How can you look through the eyes of compassion at the drunkard if you've never been a drunkard? How can you look through the eyes of compassion, amen, to someone that was once a prostitute or in that area of work, amen, unless you've been there yourself, unless there was somebody that God had delivered, amen, from that wickedness, if there was somebody that's been down that road that God delivered them out of the hand of bondage, amen, how would you know how to reach those people? How could you look through the eyes of compassion? How could you not look at them with with disdain? But because there's people that have been there and God has brought them out. Amen. With a mighty hand. Some are able to look through the eyes of compassion and speak to them with a heart of compassion. Praise God. Amen. We just thought... We just thought that the past parts of our lives were mistakes. But I want to tell you something. God will take what the devil meant for harm. And the devil did mean it for harm. But God will turn it to the good. Amen. God's been building you and preparing you to be a vessel of honor. Amen. A vessel unto honor. Amen. And now, instead of joining in with all the things that this world is doing, amen, you are helping people to to come out from that lifestyle. You are helping them to see that, yes, there is a way. Yes, you can live holy. Yes, you can live pure. Yes, you can be right. No, you don't have to do the things that the world is doing, amen, to have fun and to get along. We had the greatest, one of the greatest times I've ever had in my life yesterday. Praise God. We have a good time when we come together. Amen. There was no wickedness here. Only good, wholesome fun. Amen. We had a great time. I know some people would look at me and say, well, you're a pretty harsh preacher. You're a pretty harsh fellow. You don't allow this, don't allow that. No, I don't allow shorts in the building. Never have, never will. I don't allow things like that. I don't allow certain things that the Bible says there is a clear and, uh, uh, and concise. The Bible tells us expressly how to how to conduct ourselves in the house of God. Amen. I do want souls in this building. I do want children in this building. I do want young people in this building. But I will not lower the standard of this church for any of them. There is no exception to the rule. Amen. It, I do not do that out of anger, bitterness, hatred, or any kind of evil spirit. Amen. But somebody has to hold that line. And I'm going to tell you right now, I do it with a spirit of joy. I do it with a spirit of gladness and a spirit of goodness. Amen. I do it with the right heart. But I'm going to tell you something. When you set boundaries, children will respect those boundaries, and they will know that the boundaries are there and they cannot be crossed. If you ever allow that precedent to be set, that the, that the rules can be altered, you've lost the battle. You've lost that battle. Amen. Church, God, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Come on, brother. Go ahead.
Yes. Stop for there for just a minute. Listen to what David said. David understood that he was a wretch, but he also understood he was fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, you've got to be careful how you talk about yourself. It's okay to humble yourself and keep yourself in, in humility before the Lord because God requires it. But let me tell you, you better be careful how you talk about God's possession because He does possess your reins. Amen. You need to understand it's not up to you what you do. It's up to God because you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. They are, they are God's. They belong to Him. Amen. And so when you start talking about smack about yourself, you better be careful with that. Because you're talking about God's possession. God owns you. Amen. You're talking about His wife. You're talking about His bride. You better be careful about that. Amen. He said, go ahead, come on. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know what he's saying? He said, man, I want you to grab a hold of this. Let me sum it up for you tonight. David was saying, I was here before I even got here. I was here before I even got here. I'm here to tell you tonight, you were in this church before you ever got through the doors of it. You were in this church before you ever started living for God. There's people in this church right now that have no idea they're coming. But they're already built into this body. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. You know what the Lord said about it? How many of you believe Paul was already a preacher before he started down that road to Damascus? How many of you think this is all happenstance and this is all just some, it's just we're winging it as we go? How many of you think that? Let me tell you something. The Bible said, What man that buildeth a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost? Amen. Let me tell you something. Before you build a building, before these buildings are built, I've been a general contractor for many years, and before you build a building, they got a picture of it right out front of the building. Some of these big, huge buildings have a hundred, $200,000 model made of that building, and it's in the building when they're done. They had to model the building before the building was built. But there's a picture on a great big billboard out before, right out on the street when they ain't even broke the ground yet, said, coming soon. And when that picture's done, when that building's done, it looked just like that picture. Because on paper, it's already finished before the plans come out. So let me tell you something. When you buy a puzzle, you ever put together a puzzle? When you buy a puzzle, the puzzle is not made piece by piece. The puzzle is made complete. And then, bam, a press comes down and presses it into puzzle pieces. That's why the puzzle pieces are rounded like that. That's where the press went through it and cut it into a puzzle. It started out complete. So that it makes a perfect picture. <laughs> and so, when God created this body, He created it complete. Now He's just putting it together. <laughs> he didn't create an incomplete project. The Bible says, He that's begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So David was saying, man, before, before I was made, all this was done before I was even made. That's exactly, that's exactly how it is. You need to clearly get an understanding tonight. 
This ain't no accident. Jesus ain't winging it. Neither are you. God don't have any problem moving you. You just think He does. You just think you're His hard case. But God has proven to me many times He can move me. And He does. Even when I think I'm doing it on my own. It's just because He just lets me think that. Really all along, He's got me by the nap of the neck saying, Go over here. Nope, over here. Okay, now go over here. Okay, sit down. Okay, get up. Move over here. Sit down. Get up. Move over here. Okay, here. Take a drink. All right, now sit down. Shut up. Get up. Speak. Shut up. Sit down. (laughs) Kiss your wife. Okay, now go to work. Amen. Listen, folks, if we had any idea, really, how close that He is and how real that He is, He is so real and so close. Because we can't see Him with our physical eyes, sometimes we forget just how close and real He is. It's at those times that we need to look into the Word of God and see what it declares about Him. Come on, brother. Is that it? Praise God. Come on, brother, quick. You know, the Bible tells us that He will never leave us nor forsake us, and people grab onto that and they run with it. They like to grab that. That's tangible. They can get a hold of that, and they can put that in their little grab bag right there. That's one of their go-to scriptures No matter what they do, they say he'll never leave us nor forsake us, but that's wrong. When he's talking to his people, he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. But right before that, look what he said. Read that again, brother. Come on. Listen to what it says about the world. Listen carefully. Listen listen to what the Spirit saith unto the church. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. Stop right there for just a minute. Now listen carefully. What did he just say, Sister Tara? The last part of it. If we what? Okay. Now, did that sound like he'll never leave you nor forsake you? He said, if you deny me, if we, if we deny him. Who's saying that? Actually, who's saying this is uh, is Timothy... Or, I mean, Paul. So, if we deny him, he will deny us. So, Paul's letter to Timothy here, he's, Paul is saying, so he's the church. If we deny him, he will deny us. But yet, every, every person so-called Christian that I've ever talked to or ever heard, They have this in their grab bag right here. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. They have in their idea that every time they pray, they're heard. Every time they this and that and the other. But David said it clearly. He said, "If if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And here it said, if we deny him, he will also deny us. All right, now, now here's the next part that, and, and this, everybody, when I first talk to them about this Scripture, gets it wrong. Don't they, Brother Edward? Come on. What's this next part say? Listen carefully, because they misunderstand it. They don't rightly divide the Word. Listen to what it says next. Come on. Okay. You know what? If we believe not, yet He abideth faithful, He cannot deny Himself. You know what they think that is? They say, well, it doesn't matter. And they, and they love that. They say, well... Doesn't matter when I fail, when I fall, it's okay. Jesus still just keeps right on being faithful to me. If I'm if I'm unfaithful to him, he's still faithful to me. What? What did it just say before this? If we deny him, he will also deny us. So 
You're taking the next, very next part of that scripture and turning it upside down? No. He said, what's the second part? Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, stop right there. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. So if we, if we don't believe or if we do not follow his word, if we falter or fail or we deny him, yet he abideth faithful, that don't mean he's going to be good to you. He'll deny you just like it. But it said, yet he abideth faithful, for he cannot, he cannot deny himself. What's he saying right there? He's saying, the word of God is saying that Jesus is going to follow His Word. Amen. If you believe not, it ain't going to change nothing. God's going to stay faithful to His Word. His Word is unmovable, unchangeable, unrefutable, unrebukable. Praise God. His Word is forever settled. It cannot be moved. He cannot deny Himself. Not that He will not. He cannot deny Himself. He is the Word. And it's settled. Praise the Lamb of God. So it don't matter whether you believe it or not. Another place said, For what if some did not believe? <laughs> would it make the Word of God, would it make the faith of God of no, of no effect? God forbid. For let God be true and every man a liar. It don't change a thing. That's why when people say, Well, Jesus said it and I believe it and that settles it. <laughs> Wrong. Jesus said it, partner, that settles it. It don't matter whether you believe it or not. Jesus said it, that settled it, period. Whether you believe it or not, it's irrelevant. You can believe it or not believe it. You can half believe it, three-quarter believe it. I don't care what you do. It ain't going to change what God declared is done. It's a done deal. Amen. So the Bible's very clear on it. If we believe not, yet the Lord abideth faithful. He's going to be true to His Word. He cannot deny Himself, not for you, not for me, not for anybody. Amen. The Bible tells us in Matthew 28, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. Amen. That word always in the Greek means in all ways and at all times. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. Why would he need to be with us to the end of the world? If there's a pre-trib rapture or a mid-trib rapture. There is no mid-trib rapture. There is no pre-trib rapture. You're going to the end of this. And for those of you watching by tape or by uh, Facebook, if you don't believe that, contact me, and I'll send you some some, uh, some CDs on that, post-trib one, post-trib two. And I guarantee you when you get to the end of those, you'll see it that way as well. Now, the Lord said in Matthew 18, 20, For there are two, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Amen. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. Praise God. There am I in the midst of them. Praise God. Now, remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We talked about this not long ago. The Bible said, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose. Walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near the mouth of the burning fire furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most 
high God. <laughs> come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. <laughs> and the princes, governors, captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. How good is that? But I'm talking about, it ain't what you go through, it's how you go through it. <laughs> as long as Jesus is with you in the fire, you're good. You're good. I can tell you what else wasn't on them. Wasn't on you, there wasn't no sign of unbelief on them anywhere neither. There wasn't no sign of doubt hanging off her sleeve, neither. No kind of way. And that fire was so hot that it even reached out of that furnace and burnt the doubt and the, and the, and the confusion off old Nebuchadnezzar. That fire was so hot it reached out of the fire furnace and burnt all the disbelief off all them outside that fire, too. Because it made some changes. That must be where our church started. Because I'm going to tell you, they're about to have a change of life right here in the Word of God. Listen to what it said. Therefore. Nope. Then, verse 28. Everybody say, then. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god therefore if i say therefore i make a decree that every people nation and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill. Because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Now let's just take a look at that, shall we? Why? Why do good people have to go through bad things? Why, why did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have to be thrown into a fiery furnace? They weren't doing anything wrong. You know what? This world the way they see the end of this, the way they see end times, the way they see it, if the end was going to happen like they see it in the Word, which they don't see it in the Word, they're blind to it. But let me tell you how the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story would have went. If pre-trib rapture was true, let me tell you how that would have happened. They would have said, Be it known unto you, O king, and to all, the, all those round about, that uh, our God is able to deliver us, and if not, well, we're not going to bow to it. And they'd have got up to the edge of the door, and Jesus would have come and whisked them away. They'd have never went in the fiery furnace. But let me tell you, if that would have happened, it would not have changed the word or the decree of the king. It wouldn't have made believers out of the rest of them. The rest of them needed to see. King Nebuchadnezzar needed to see, there's nothing you can do to me that my God cannot overcome. There's nothing you can do to me that my God cannot disallow or make, make nothing. Nothing! 
And even if he don't, be it known, we will not bow our knee to any of your gods or anything you made or any other god. When he looked in that fire, they had bound them, put all their clothes on them, tied them all up, bound them, and cast them in there and throw them down in the midst of the fire. Well, you know what happened? What do you think the first thing happened was? All them things he bound them with were burned up. Poof, just like that. The Bible said their clothes weren't burnt, nor the hair singed, but all that stuff he bound them with came off because the Bible said they were loose and walking around in the fire. So that means all the stuff that that, that, that king bound them with, the fire burned it up as soon as they hit the door of it. And then there was the fourth man in the fire. And it was the seeing that everything he did to destroy them was worthless. And seeing that even in the midst of all that, they were perfectly reserved. Nothing had any effect on them. They were immune to everything that the enemy was trying to do. In the seeing of that, that is what turned and changed the word of the king. And it helped him to realize that there is no God like this God. Let me tell you what God is trying to achieve in this world through his people. There are many lords and many gods, but there's only one God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. And he is trying to establish and let everybody in this world know through his people that there is none like unto him. There is no other God like the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. None. The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Amen. In the province of Babylon. Amen. The Lord is with us in all things, praise God, when we're in covenant with Him. Remember what the Bible said in Hebrews 13, 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness. What conversation? What is the conversation? doesn't mean that word conversation right there does not mean speech. It means behavior. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For He hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. But if you turn from the Lord, then he will not be with thee. Numbers 14, 43, For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and ye shall fall by the sword, because ye are turned away from the Lord. Therefore the Lord will not be with you. Folks, he is close, and he is real, and he is with us. But when you turn from him, he turns from you. You can separate yourself from God. It's called sin. Go with me to Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. Bible says, one verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you. Do you see that? that he will not hear. He will not hear. Right in the column right there next to that, right there close to that, Psalm 66, 18. Verse 3 here says, For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. But they trust in vanity and speak lies that conceive and mis- uh, that conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch cockatrice eggs and weave spiders' webs. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. 
Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their path. The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Amen. You can separate yourself from God. The Bible said in Joshua seven twelve. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. This is when, this is when Israel had just taken Jericho, and they had stolen. One man stole from Jericho and brought it into his house and hid it amongst his stuff in his own tent, buried it. Amen. And they went to a little small place after that great victory and lost 36 men. And a little place called Ai killed 36 of their men and sent them running. The Lord said, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand their enemies. They turned their backs their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore except you destroy the accursed from among you. Church, you cannot let, you cannot let sin reign in your life. You got to kill it, graveyard dead. You got to kill it. But when you are in covenant with Him, when you are in covenant with Him, there's not anything shall be able to stand before you. Listen, before Joshua went to Jericho, the Lord told Joshua, "There shall not be any man able to stand before you all the days of your life. Only be thou courageous." And he said, follow all my commandments. Then you'll have good success. But he didn't. One man sinned. One man sinned. And it caused the entire, the entire people of God to have a curse upon them. Thirty-six men that were honest, upstanding, good soldiers. They did nothing wrong. Thirty-six men lost their lives that day because of the disobedience of one man, and he wasn't even there. He wasn't even in the battle. But because of that, they were cursed with a curse and could not stand before their enemies. Acts 18.10, For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Amen. Brother uh, Brother Victor, give me Isaiah 41.10. Brother Gable, give me Luke 21.18. Come on. Yes, praise God. <clears throat> that was Isaiah 41.10. Listen, folks. When you're in covenant with God, He's in covenant with you. He will always honor His covenant if you will only honor His covenant as well. Now, go ahead, Brother Gabriel. Praise God. Again, when you're in covenant, thank you, Brother. When you're in covenant, amen, He said, There shall not an hair of your head perish. Jeremiah 1.8 says, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee. I am with thee to deliver thee. You ain't got to worry about delivering yourself. God will deliver you. Amen. You do his bidding, he'll do yours. You fight his battles, he'll fight yours. Praise God. And the good thing about that is, some of the battles you're trying to fight of your own, you ain't never going to win them no way. But God will never put a battle in front of you you can't win. And there's not any battle in your life he can't win. So it's really quite an unfair trade. Why you want to keep pushing and fighting and kicking? And The Lord said it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. If you'll just do what God told you to do and let Him fight your battles, it'll all work out just like it's supposed to. See what I mean? Jeremiah one nineteen, And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. Praise God. There's all kind of people fighting against this church, fighting against people, fighting against the people of this church. Amen. But they ain't going to win. You know why that is? Why is that? Why is that, Sister Quick? 
He said, And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. So why are they not going to win? Because the Lord is with us. Amen. He is with us, and He will deliver us. Praise God. All right. Uh, Sister Hoffman, give me uh, Romans 8, 38 and 39. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I love that Scripture. I love that Scripture. There ain't nothing going to separate me from my God. Hallelujah. Man, Paul was a great man of God. I mean, he was the right choice, wasn't he? But who would have ever thought it? Who would have ever picked Paul? No, man, there ain't no person in their right mind would have picked Paul. But praise God, it wasn't the mind of man that picked Paul. It was the mind of God. Amen. It's because God is looking at something completely different than you and I are. You're no accident. It's no accident. God knows what He's doing. Did He look like He made a mistake with Paul? Did He look like He made a mistake with Peter, James, or John? He didn't make no mistake with Judas. He handpicked Judas for the job that he had ahead of him. Amen. There was no accident. All this stuff was picked out and figured out thousands of years before it ever happened. You were picked out years before you ever came along. You are no accident. God just not winging it as it comes along. God has a plan. And you're in it. You're in it. And we're going to win it. I'm in it to win it, ain't you? I didn't come all this way to turn back now, did you? Amen. And you know what the Bible says? He that begun a good work in you, has he begun a good work in you? You think he has, sis? Amen. What does it say he's going to do? The Bible says he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. He ain't going to let you fall. The Bible says he is able to secure thee and keep thee from sinning. Amen. There may be times that you fall. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. God's even using that to build you. God is using those things to make you stronger. Praise God. When something breaks and it mends, it's stronger than it was before. Amen. The areas that you were weak in, God is making you strong in them areas. Amen. God is strengthening the breaks. God is strengthening the breach. Praise God. Every time there is a problem, amen, God making it stronger. When Paul said, when I am weak, then am I strong. Praise God. He understood. God is doing something, buddy. God is doing something. The Lord said, hey, he said, look, he said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Amen. I've got you. I'm not going to let you go too far. Amen. I've got you. I'm building you. I'm doing something in you. I'm making something out of you. Don't worry about what I'm doing. You keep plowing. Keep your eyes ahead. Amen. If you fall, get up. If you fall, get up. That little fella back there, little Jackson, amen, and, and little Sebastian, these little young fellas, amen, let me tell you something. They didn't start out just come out there walking. They didn't come out of the womb walking and doing high fives with the doctor. What's up, Doc? Hey, man, what's going on, man? Good to see you. Glad you could make it today. Hey, man, anybody got a popsicle? I like popsicles. Don't let Grandma know because she won't let me have it. Hey, man, but I want a popsicle right now. Came out what? Oh, Sebastian. Yeah, listen, they didn't just jump out and put their boots on and head down the road. Amen. You know, they fall and they bump their little bottom every now and then. They, they bump their, bump their knees a few times. They bump their head a few times. Amen. They get thrown on their head. You never know. But, uh, I'm gonna tell you what. You know what bumping, bumping your little bottom on the ground will make you do, won't you? Make you quit falling. <laughs> if you fall enough time on them knees, it'll make you stop that. <laughs> You, you go running down there and you get running too fast, you trip and bust your head. You know what it'll make you do? Slow down. Amen. It'll make you more steady on your feet. 
Praise God. You know what dipping your hand in the hot grease will make you do? With some people, it just make you do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. I guess it gets good to you. But to people with, with a normal set of mental faculties, it'll make you quit doing that. Isn't that right, Sister Erica Fontenot? Yeah, not today. <laughs> not there yet. <laughs> yep, amen. That's pretty good, brother. <laughs> not today. <laughs> that was good, man. That's good. Touche, brother. <laughs> not today. <laughs> amen. Stand with me tonight. Church, God is so real. He is right here with us. He's trying to get us through this life. He's trying to help us understand how close He is. He's right here with us. He's not way far off. He's not untouchable. He's so close, you can almost hear His breath in your ears. I don't know about you, but I love feeling the presence of the Lord. I love to feel His presence, to feel Him upon me. Amen. He's a great and mighty God, isn't He?